This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Kristen here with us today. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. The weather is getting better. Where are you calling in from? I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and it's luckily warming up. We got into the 60s today, which is pretty phenomenal. Awesome. Today, we're going to be talking about employee engagement, what to measure and how to take action. But before we do that, tell us who you are and what you do. Well, as you said, I'm Kristen. Something special and unique is it's Kristen with two Y's, thanks to my father being a Leonard Skinner fan when I was born. And I've been (laughs) with Mosaic Consulting Group for four years now, been in HR for about 14. And I'm our VP of People and Culture Warrior. Yes, that's a real title, I promise. And I have been building up our HR practices over the last four years with a major focus into culture and ensuring that our culture remains intentional, especially as we grow. So it's a little bit about myself and what I'm doing here, but employee engagement is a huge passion of mine. And that is something over the last two years, we've had a major focus in and how we measure it and what it means and how we essentially action plan off of it. So excited to to share my viewpoints. Awesome. Let's start with what is the importance of employee engagement? I think a lot of people get that, but what is the link between employee engagement and performance? So I have found that the more an employee is engaged into their work, the more that they understand how they're being measured and what success looks like in that role, which is all tied back to mm-hmm. how I measure employee engagement, the higher their performance. So essentially, if they understand what success looks like in their role, along with a few other factors, essentially what you get is this amazing loyalty out of this team member who just continues to not only perform in their job, but know what that next step looks like, know how to go above and beyond, whether it's for your client or a patient. So I have found them to be connected, if you will. And even when we start talking a little bit more about how it's measured and what some of those factors are for me personally, it all comes back to knowing what success looks like in your role, knowing what growth opportunities look like in your role and how you're truly a part of a bigger picture from a team connection standpoint and meaningful work. So as we kind of dig in a little bit deeper here, I'll share some of those additional thoughts. But essentially, if I'm engaged in the work that I do, typically, it also means you're a high performer because you know the measurements and you're working it. Yeah. You know, simply put, people want to know what they need to do and they want to do a good job. And when they do, they're pretty engaged and they want to know how they're going to grow. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are some of the common challenges with engaging employees, especially when it comes to the remote work environment, which everyone is exposed to in some shape or form these days? So some of the common challenges that I have found around employee engagement has been how do you measure it and then how do you physically action plan off of it? So there has to be some intentionality behind what's your strategy around employee engagement, very similar to culture. What I have found to be some of those challenges, especially in the last year that we've had, um, you used to just have to focus on the work environment and how your team member is engaged at work. And what we saw last year is that team members, and even ours who were used to working remotely, 
the rest of their family was there in the house working remotely with them. And that still mm. is occurring in many different households. So it wasn't just about them being engaged in their work. It was about right. them being engaged in their work while still being distracted because their spouse or significant other or parent or, you know, whoever lives with them is, is there and working. They may not have the office space or their kids are at home and they're trying to help them do their learning. And so therefore you're competing, if you will, against other, what can appear to be distractions. If you've ever been in a meeting and not only is a cat walking across, right? You're a Zoom meeting and your kids look doing the faces because for the first time they can see themselves, you know, in the computer (laughs) and mommy, I need another snack. Those are competing against being able to, you know, provide meaningful work. So we really had to find that balance of making sure that a team member is able to take care of what's going on at home so that they can be engaged when they're at work. Because otherwise you're stretching yourself super thin. For us, remote work has been a part of our daily. It was when everybody else was all of a sudden at home too. (laughs) Right, right. It then became a little bit difficult. So when you talked about kind of the, 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 the challenge of the measure it, measuring employee engagement. How do you think about that? How do you actually measure employee engagement? Is it qualitative? Is it quantitative? How do you think about that? Absolutely. So first of all, I'm a huge book nerd and I have two authors that I have really developed how we measure engagement. I've borrowed, if you will, some of their philosophies. One of them is it's called employee magic. It really shaped how I look at how you measure engagement. What I love about this book is it M-A-G-I-C stands for magic, right? And it means something. So M stands for meaning. And what that means is the work that I'm doing, is it meaningful? Is it more than myself? Is it, you know, counting towards something bigger than myself? A stands for autonomy. And the autonomy is, of course, can I figure out how to do the work? You tell me in the result, I'm going to figure out how to get there. People want to have autonomy of how they're going to produce that work. We also measure the growth. So what does that growth look like for a team member? It's not just about promotability. It's actually about that personal and professional development and how they can continue to stretch themselves, Mm -hmm. right? We also measure on impact. And so essentially we're trying to see, do the team members feel like they're making an impact? And that really ties into performance as well. So for instance, everything needs to be visible to a team member and measurable. So even the the soft stuff like soft skills and how you treat clients, there's still a specific standard that we have. So for example, for impact, we have what success looks like in every role. That's our competencies. You can find that in a job description that or a job posting. You can find it in our 90-day reviews, our annual reviews. We have it intertwined into our one-on-one formats for managers as they're talking with team members. We also measure and discuss what success looks like here at Mosaic. That's our core values and our service vision. So how we treat each other and how you treat a client. And so these aren't things that you just find once a year. It's intertwined even into how we reward team members, right? Right. So they have to understand where they stand at any point in time and how they're making that impact. And the last one's connection. Connection has become more and more I've heard of of a buzzword because of the pandemic, especially with so Mm. much working remotely. Again, this is something we've done really well as an organization because we already were working remotely. But what we're seeing is a lot of clients are now asking us, how do you do it? How do you stay connected when you're working alone in front of a computer all day. Right. Right. So um, I have questions that I have taken out of, um, out of that book to really support those five areas. I also measure satisfaction and ENPS in the survey. Um, And our employee net promoter score is something we've kept up with since the beginning of time. So I like to see how that also correlates to employee engagement. I also believe from a measurement standpoint, 
they have to have high participation rates. So unless right. this is about 75% participation rate or higher, that's when I feel really good about the results I'm getting. So we developed this 14-question survey that we put out twice a year. And what I'm looking for is, number one, we have to consistently ask those same questions so that I can see how we're trending. Yep. But then it's also, what do you do with this information? I learned very early in my career, you have 30 days to tell the team members this is what the results were for that survey. Mm. You have 60 days to be able to come up with your action plan and communicate that action plan. You have 90 days for team members to have to see that you're actually moving with that action plan. Otherwise, they're going to stop answering your survey. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so with that said, we measure those five specific areas. And what it's done for us, for instance, last year, we realized that growth was our focus area. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is through people strategy, figured out what does that mean to us and how do we need to improve? So we actually created these career pathing for the majority of our roles. Uh, the roles that we have essentially the most people in. So for instance, we have a tech consultant. What's an entry level look like? And you kind of keep going up until they're a senior and a lead. You become very specific of, again, what does success look like in this role and how do you get there? And so just by simply doing that, which was not as simple as I just made it sound, was a lot of effort. (laughs) Um, It was a major impact into the organization. And now people understand exactly what they need to do to be able to get to that quote unquote next level. And so we've already seen some major impact there and an increased engagement with our people because they feel like we're investing in them and we are on purpose. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. I think professional services firms like consulting firms, uh, law firms, those firms are actually sometimes they can be easier to come up with these career pathing because so much of your workforce is actually in the same function. Like it's whether it's consulting Correct. or whether it's lawyer, whether it's marketing, you know, uh, marketing specialist. you know, obviously as the company gets bigger and bigger and more diverse from a role perspective, it gets more difficult. And one thing that you mentioned was kind of interesting around the 75% mark of the participation rate. It's funny because if you know that there's only maybe 50% participation, there's something up. <laughs> that exactly. in itself is like helpful data. <laughs> exactly. 75 is when I feel comfortable. I'm shooting for above 80 personally. Um, yeah. And we have seen that participation rate, which is good. But yeah, otherwise your results, there are going to be a little skewed. Somebody's not telling you something. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. You started talking about how to utilize that engagement data. And you talked about the career pathing that you just started implementing and are seeing impact on. What are some of the other strategies that you've seen work well, you know, whether it's your current company or previous companies, what have you seen be really effective? So as I already mentioned, a big piece of this is making sure your team members feel like they have been heard, mm-hmm. right? The other piece that I've learned in the more recent as well is you can look at it at an organizational view and really see the bigger picture. Right now we're in the process of also getting more more into the weeds of at the team level. So what is it also telling me at the team level? What's interesting is it can also start to show you your really good people managers and other areas that they may need more one-on-one coaching, especially for a new manager. Honestly, one of the hardest things I've ever done, I can create strategy all day, every day. I can put together a department and set it up to manage people day in, day out, and give them that consistent (laughs) feedback is one of the hardest things you will do if you're doing it right. So all that to be said, what I have found is we really need to focus in at that team level to be able to make a bigger impact. 
and figure out where at the team level there may be a challenge and really focus in in that area. What I've also found is even though you're asking about this big fluffy word of engagement, if you really carve into it a what well, you're also asking what resources do they need to be able to be successful to do their job? We've got some strong feedback there of some departments are like, we're good. Other departments are feeling like they don't even have what they need to be successful. We have what we call a MAC, which is our Mosaic Advisory Committee. It's made up of 10% of our team, and they're chosen by their coworkers to represent them. And this group meets once a month, and we talk, we discuss, we get answers. And what I love about this group is they are so not only proactive, but productive in their mm-hmm. feedback. And so, for instance, in that example, when I said, what resources do you need? Well, it's a, right. it's a diverse group of people that are able to answer that question from all different areas of the organization. What I found is, man, I need to tie in other departments to be able to even make this happen, right? right? right. Long story short, I guess is what I'm trying to say here, is you got to dig into the details of, of, again, what you're measuring. You need to be able to action plan off of it so that you can physically move that needle. So the questions that you ask are important. Right. The the interesting thing about the MAC uh, program or initiative you have, I've heard this pretty recently, actually, where uh, they had a similar setup, but it was anonymous. So it was their Mac group, if you will, was ever changing every quarter or so. And it was totally anonymous and people would be able to like provide real quote unquote, you know, honest feedback instead of being it filtered by somebody else, which was kind of interesting. That is, I will say this, our level of transparency in this organization, I even saw it skyrocket with Mm. the pandemic. We were very clear with our team that we were going to be our main goal was to keep everybody employed. We had to see what was going to happen, you know, with the nature of the business. But our one goal was to make sure that we cared for our team. Luckily, mm-hmm. I have a CEO who truly understands and has the weight and, and knows that she's responsible for 84 lives, right? 84 right. families. But even with that, uh, that we saw a really high increase in communication and a high increase in that transparency behind the communication because that's what we f- felt like was the right thing to do. And that has really translated into our survey results. It has translated into even the MAC team, the the level of feedback. I mean, just this week alone, I had a very interesting question around diversity and inclusion, and they felt comfortable to come forward and ask that question. I love that. Right. Right. I had another question. Very. You know, March is typically our higher turnover month, just if you look at the, the data and the trends, and I have a good idea why, but not, won't get into that here. But what is interesting is this is also the month where team members start to feel it. They're like, why are, you know, why did two people leave? Um, And so recently got a question just yesterday of, you know, essentially, how do you get fired here? And I'm like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Again, let's go back to what does success look like? And, you know, at Mosaic, um, servicing your clients, what does success look like at your role? That's where the accountability is, right, Is, is, is right there. Um, anyway, so that that's interesting, anonymous, being able to provide that. Yeah, the level of transparency, like you said, that you're getting is awesome. Like that is something that we should hopefully be able to execute in most companies, but in reality, hard, right? It, it can right. be very, especially as you continue to grow and you get all types of different mixes of people and with different agendas and different history and experience. It's definitely a bit of a challenge for sure. Absolutely. One other question for you, any top of mind engagement trends in the era of remote work that you've seen recently or that you foresee going forward? Any thoughts there? 
I will focus in on the connection piece, again, specific to the remote work, because this is a question we've gotten very frequently from our clients who, you know, we're sitting in an office and then send everybody home and how do you stay connected? And I will say you can have everything from, you know, having a social hour that's once a month so that people can stay connected. But to think a little bit broader about that strategy, we are very specific into our onboarding and making sure that you have what we call a wingman so that you have somebody for your first 60, 90 days that you're connected to that you can ask any question. And I mean, as simple as, hey, I forgot how to log into XYZ, but they're there to help guide you and acclimate you to our culture and to the company. They're able to do that virtually completely fine. We have company huddles once a week during the pandemic. It was twice a week because we wanted to make sure the team had as much information as you possibly could. We also have a once a month all company meeting, um, what we call all hands, and it's an hour long and we're giving updates on what's going on in the company and the different areas of the company. Again, transparent communication and making sure people have an understanding of what's going on. Because what you've done is you've taken the water cooler, if you will, or the coffee pot or the whatever cool break room you have, you've taken it away. And so the only time people really have interaction is if they're on a Zoom call or on the phone. So we also found that there were some good avenues to keep team members connected through Slack, right? We have our Slack channels and we have the random channel where people can put up the pictures of their dogs and their kids. And I mean, I love Halloween time because you see all the Halloween pictures, (laughs) right? And every holiday comes and you get to see all the, the, the dogs dressed up or whatever. It is an awesome way to stay connected. So you have to think through how do you connect your team and what's the why behind it? So it can't just be for work all the time. You have to get to know each other as an individual and make sure that they feel like they are cared for as a human being. So essentially, again, you're building up that engagement on the team. So that's one area I have seen to really have extra focus on how do you keep people connected and in the know so that they're not wondering what's going on. It's really interesting that you bring up the connection point because I think you're absolutely right. This personally, from my perspective, I don't think we've cracked a code on like connection. Like I think connection through zoom and like, yes, there's a lot of stuff that you can do, but it's very difficult to replace like human to human interaction in a physical setting. Um, and you see that not only within workplaces, but also in conferences, like those conferences are just not the same. (laughs) Um, Funny you mentioned that. So we have a once a year conference that we bring our entire organization here. And it's so interesting Mm. because it was like, you know, four people and now we're almost to 90. That's expensive and it is worth every penny. Right. And we unfortunately didn't get to do it last year. We did have to right. do the whole virtual, but we've moved it to September this year. And I'm actually feeling pretty confident. And our entire team has said, we want to be there. We want to see right. each other. We want to have, you know, the dinners together and the learning together. Um, and so even in this virtual environment that we have been in for years, we still make sure to make it a priority and to fund, right? Yeah. To bring everybody in for that, for that, you know, three week or excuse me, three day, <laughs> I wish it was three weeks, right? <laughs> uh, three day experience uh, to all be together. So it's, yeah. it's important. It really is. I actually read a really interesting article that had to do with Zoom fatigue and why mm-hmm. do you have Zoom fatigue? It was pretty intriguing to think about the fact, yeah, you are looking in a mirror all day, essentially. Yep. Yep. And also too, you know, human beings are usually pretty nervous about talking in public settings. Right. And if you think about it, if you're on a meeting with five people for an hour, it feels like they're staring at you for an hour and actually triggers the fight or flight um, inside of you, which is interesting, right? Because yeah. I don't necessarily think of it that way, but others definitely have experienced that. So it's especially if it's recording. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're recording my voice, right? right. <laughs> exactly. The one thing I will add, uh, it just kind of popped into my brain is your survey tool is key. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I get to use the UKG employee voice, which was formerly mm-hmm. UltiPro Perception. And this tool is amazing. It does like this incredible heat map to show me all the trends. It even has text analytics that goes through, you know, the, the open text fields. It can tell me how my employees are feeling, which is so right. intriguing, right? It's like, am I right or not? Do I, do I have a good know of what's going on? But all that to be said, again, it's it's not just collecting the the physical, you know, favorability number. It's looking at it as a whole to be able to say, what is this piece of information telling me? What can I do with it? Right. So I know that's specific to the measurability, but the tool can be very impactful to, again, what you're what you're looking at. Right. No, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? Wonderful. Well, um, on LinkedIn, Kristen Sadler. I'm with Mosaic Consulting Group. Of course, I'm on our website as well, but LinkedIn is the best place. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you so much.